Welcome, everyone, to Board Game Barbarians. As always, I'm your host, Andrew, and with me is the barbarian brother, Justin. I'm, I'm excited to be here in what is definitely only the first time we've done this intro tonight. Correct. <laughs> never done it before. Never gonna do it again. Uh, or give you was, up or let you down. I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, slow down. So we'll get, get content ID'd. Oh, that's true. Yeah, From that's the not content a th- ID police. It's not a thing on podcasts. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Hopefully it don't no get one, demonetized. No, it's not. also not, not a thing. Basically, oh. no one cares what you do on a podcast. We could just literally play copywritten <laughs> audio for the whole show and no one would, no I one mean, would care. I mean, that's what this is. This is actually yeah. an old show from the 1930s. <laughs> yeah. Which has been digitally restored. We're talking about board games that haven't been released yet. And they're like, I hope in the future they've got Conan the Barbarian board games. And, except we've dubbed over all of their words with our own words and changed them yeah. in the way that we wanted. Correct. Yeah. That's they, the only They difference. talked about some unsavory things. we got to change all of that. So basically oh. we're just listening to old people talk in our ears while we say whatever <laughs> we feel like. Honestly, it's more of a burden than anything. It's a curse. Yeah, it's really it's, it's it's definitely what it is. It's definitely it's curse. actually an, a curse. An old lady cursed us, and now we have to do this. Like it's a real right. thing. Yeah. Uh, um, let's get into some some housekeeping. Uh, so we've been throwing around the idea of uh, doing some more tabletop role playing games, like we mm-hmm. did with DCC. I've heard of those. Yeah, and we've been thinking about uh, about releasing those. We have to record them first. Um, right. I, I believe we've got. You know, you and I both have Pathfinder and in. D&D 5th edition and all the other editions. Um, and we also, you you just forced me to purchase the Lord of the Rings. I did uh, force you, yeah. Yeah, you were like, hey, Andrew, it's there. You should purchase it. And I was like, okay. Um, I, I definitely didn't say anything along the lines of like, I don't know when we're ever going to play it. Just, you know, but it's up there, you know. Definitely nope, nothing like that. Straight up I, made me do it. I was like, if you don't do it, I'll har- I'll physically harm you. I'll co- I'll drive down yeah. to Austin and I'll hurt you. That's why you came to that's, Austin last month. What, it was to hurt you. I forgot. Yeah. I totally forgot about the whole hurting you thing. And we just played. We just <laughs> we played just board had games. Fun. It's terrible. Um, so if anybody has any uh, has any games that they're interested in, we're kind of more interested in uh, not doing a huge long campaign and more. Yeah. Um, kind of just doing like some one offs and getting being able to play a bunch of different uh tabletop games so yeah um i'm so I'm it, kind it, of uh wanting to check out the to totally railroad you asking for listener recommendations oh, yeah. i'm just gonna say what i want <laughs> okay. and then maybe listeners will just back me up on what i want and i'll get what i want because oh, i i like yeah. getting what i want uh i've been th- wanting to kicking around the idea of the uh the root rpg kickstarter rules uh doing those because they are freely available online and they look they look fun they look good so it's just the root uh, RPG, tabletop RPG? Yeah. I mean, it's the quick start rules, so it's like the first two or three levels worth of stuff or whatever. Um, okay. So like Hackmaster basic style. Kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very similar. Very similar. Cool. Um, um, I mean, we can we well, we could try that. And then if anybody else has any suggestions or they want us to play a specific tabletop role-playing game, uh, definitely let us know in the Discord. And we have a Discord, and you can check it out in the show description. Do but do that, do that. Uh, but I also got I got our first email 
of some guy that was like, hey, you're number 209 in the iTunes gaming area. You have email? Yeah. I don't know why you're doing this voice for him. <laughs> That's what he sounded like in my head. Oh. He was like, hey, what's up? I just wanted to let you know that we have a service that you can subscribe to that shows your ranking on iTunes. Oh, it was a spam email. I thought yeah. you got a genuine listener email and you were like, ugh, the idiot. And I was like, why are you doing no, that voice, no, Andrew? Stop. Some, no, that's so mean. Some guy wanted me to subscribe to like some sort of... <laughs> <laughs> which I don't know why he told me the number. I already have the number now. I know which number I am ranked at. Right. So why would I need to pay for some service? Because money. That is true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and lastly, uh, you and I, the, the Conan monolith Kickstarter is, is officially over by the time this episode is released. Yep. And you and I refused to back it. Outright refused! We emailed them and we were like, we are not... <laughs> going to back your project no it um i i i it was much better um i still I don't like that it was only a week long yeah the thing is i don't um <laughs> now i can't quit doing it i um <laughs> oh, no <laughs> It was a, it was a, a good campaign. Um, I still don't like that it was so like short. Um, but it was good stuff. The new expansion looks really I cool. Mean, it was it was longer than the Beyond the Monolith. <laughs> yeah, which was forty minutes long. Yeah. Um, I, I just we just kind of decided that we have enough Conan. You know, uh, we we've yeah. just got fucking enough of it to play. We have enough Conan, and if we want more, we can play Batman, which is a similar enough game. Right. I mean, Conan is already a huge burden just to take to board game day because it's multiple large boxes. And I could not imagine adding another box that is going to be bigger than the other two boxes to that you know stack. You going to happen now. Hmm. It heard you call it a huge burden and it's going to run away. <laughs> is that is that what it is? It's yeah. going to run away from like, home? Oh, I am as a burden to you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm just imagining like a sitcom hard cut to the outside of my house and my Conan board game just explodes out of window. <laughs> just lands in the yard. <laughs> and then just wiggles away down the street. Has like a Conan mini like as a thumb <laughs> out the side of the box. Um, yeah, we just kind of decided we've we have enough Conan um, and and we're we're good. You know, I think it's just what it really boiled down to was we're good. <laughs> yeah. So anyone that's wondering what's going to come in that, uh, you can look it up. We're not going to do a show on it. Um, the, the Kickstarter should Take still that, be monolith. active for you to view. <laughs> um, but we're, we're not really going to talk about it or, um, you know, obviously if in the future we want to and monolith actually does a store maybe we'll look at it but otherwise i don't think we're going to look at it ever yeah even if it was available i I still don't like if i could buy it online i still don't think that i would because again i just we have enough cut like if two years from now it's online and we've played all of our conan stuff to death and we want more and we're bored then yes okay but i I just don't see that happening if that happens new shit coming out all the time yeah well, we'll we'll get into my 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 month or my uh my since the last episode. Uh, yeah, I got to play a four player version of Inish, and it oh man, lasted three point five hours and it was <laughs> that, very fun. That is the longest game of Inish I've ever heard of in my life. It was a bit long, even with new um, players. I have played a four player game with three new players, 
and it might have just been two. It was two or three new players, and it could not have been more than an hour and a half. Yeah, I was playing with three people. I don't know um, how you squeeze the, three and a half hours out of that. The board got as big as I've ever seen it get. Um, Were people just, because I see this a lot in like, um, kind of um, people playing casually with people that maybe they're not really super close to when they play heavily competitive games like Inish that are basically area control. They try not to be super mean to each other. Was it maybe that where people just weren't quite going for it because they I didn't want to be I, that I asshole at the table or preemptively told them to not like to to not really like super attack anyone just because it's not anytime we've played a game or or been a part of a game where someone's been just overly aggressive it's never really worked out well true true i um, think so i was um, kind of telling them to, to like pick their battles and i think that may have uh made them a little too passive well plus like the the first two actual battles that happened um, both people got kind of screwed. Mm-hmm. So I think well, that's that in also for you. <laughs> made them more passive because they're like, well, now we're... There was a really good play where somebody like teleported to an end of a board because there's the... In a four-player gaming of the the cards that you and I never get to play, play with, which is the four-player uh, cards. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of them allows you... Either he had one of those cards that allowed him to teleport or um, it was one of the, the red cards allowed him to like teleport across the board to a different area and he just kind of like swept in through a, a place where they were kind of stringed out or strung out a bit i think it can be in inish is i love inish first of all and it can be a deceptive game because you'll think okay well battling often works out not in my favor so i shouldn't be aggressive but you should be aggressive in inish just in ways like other than other aggressive. yeah in, in ways other than directly attacking people passive aggressive i think is what you want to be in it it's a very <laughs> passive aggressive game usually you don't want to be that but you, you know, know maybe it you're like okay well, i'm gonna play this card so no one can fight in this territory and i'm gonna move seven guys in and we're just gonna yeah. stand here and look at each other and you're gonna be upset because i'm here now but you can't do anything and that's an issue oh, my favorite one was uh there was one of the four player cards was a card that's like you can move two guys from one of your areas to any other area adjacent to it mm-hmm. um, without causing a uh, a flash. Yeah, yeah. And so. it's just so good. I I really I still really want to get my hands on Comet and and Cyclades because those are the other two in yeah. the the trilogy. Um, but I just I I I I love more than anything. I love the art in Inish. It's a beautiful game, but so much fun. Yeah, so much fun. Um, I've got some pictures of that. I need to throw that up on on Instagram. Haven't done that yet, but I will here before this episode goes live. So if you are interested in seeing those, how big that board got, uh, definitely check it out. Have you played um, with the expansion Seasons of Inish or whatever? I purchased it. I haven't played with it because okay. I haven't, haven't gotten played to play with a whole lot of the original or the, the regular game to begin with. Yeah. Um, we haven't had a, a board game day. No, nope. uh, since the last episode, so. uh, we were gonna have I one at the end of February, and it yeah, it ended up not happening. So, yeah, we uh, rescheduled, rescheduled to the um, end of March. Yeah, I I really haven't done a whole lot of board game related playing other than playing Inish, and uh, I'm still kind of working my way through some of the minis, though that's kind of taking a backseat to some other stuff. Just been kind of busy. Yeah, I did find out that there is a, a Disney World Magic Kingdom board game. From like okay. the 90s. <laughs> oh, from like the 90s. Heavily, I'm sure it's terrible. Yeah. 
heavily like looking into that and it's not it's not super expensive uh as long as you get a used one on ebay i was kind of looking at it yeah um but that um i noticed that because there's a new jungle cruise board game that was released oh for the new movie <laughs> yeah well the th- <laughs> the thing i thought of first as i was talking to my wife about it and i was like yeah, I don't know why they would release this board game to try to like build hype for the movie. I think the the board game would be a niche, niche market to to build it for the movie. And she was like, "No, they're like selling the board game because of people watching the movie." Weird. And I, well, because that's what it is. It's like you watch the movie, you go buy the board game. It's just merchandising for the movie. But I, I thought of it the other way around. I thought it was trying to like build hype because I'm into board games. They made this whole movie with The Rock just to sell a board game. <laughs> That's weird. weird. Just so but strange. I, was, uh, I got kind of excited because there's also a Haunted Mansion board game from like the 90, 80s or 90s um, that you can't find anywhere. And yeah. I was kind of hoping like maybe there's a board game for each of the rides at the Disney World. And then you can get the Disney World board game. And then each time you go to that ride, you play the other board game. And it lasts 80 hours. I cannot imagine a more boring thing than what you just described. <laughs> I think you know what's really right fun? A board game based on a roller coaster. Is it the way? Yeah. <laughs> like, how do, you, how do you build the tension? Do you jump off the roof as part of the game? Or is it like, yep. Okay. <laughs> uh, what have you been up to? You missed your last... You have a last bullet point there. You wrote that in there. I'm not going to read it. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I played Root. Uh, I got the uh, Root Kickstarter stuff in the mail. I don't know if I had it last time we recorded or not. I think I was getting it soon. You um, were anticipating with bated breath. I got the Root uh, Underworld expansion, the Bot expansion, the Exiles and Partisans deck, both double-sided neoprene playmats for boards resin clearing markers and uh so much just so much crap it was yeah, a 15 pound box right? of, of i honest yes. to god bought it on accident and when they sent it to me i was mm-hmm. like you guys sent me too much i didn't order all this turns out i did i just i'm just dumb um i do remember last year being like why am i so broke this month and that's why because <laughs> i i misunderstood the kickstarter form and bought all this shit for root yeah. um but we'll just say I'm rich. We'll go for it. Because that means I'm I, I can be rich, but my story, the real story means I'm just dumb. So <laughs> Yeah, um, I did like your unfolding of that story in the in the Discord. It's pretty funny. <laughs> I was like, oh no, they sent me too much stuff. There's no way I bought all this. And then it was slowly me realizing that yes, I did. Um after feeling guilty. <laughs> Uh, I, yep. I did get to play the new Underworld um, expansion. Uh, I played two three-player games with it, and uh, I played both the new factions. I played the Moles and the Corvids, and uh, uh, it was they were both real good games. And uh, I really like the new factions a whole lot. Um, they're not nearly as complicated as the uh, River Folk or the the Lizard Cult from the first expansion. The the whatever it was yeah, called. Love uh, the River Folk so much. Um, and especially the Corvids are are really a, a pretty simplistic faction in general. Uh, but I I had a lot of fun with them. I I lost the first game by just a couple points, and I won the second game by a huge margin. Um, but I was playing with two new players. And the thing about the Corvids is that they they lay down these plot tokens. So they've got four different types of plots, and they lay them in clearings, 
and some of them are well most of them are bad and players have to guess what they are so on your turn you'll go oh no i see the corvids have put a plot token in my space i need Mm -hmm. to guess what that is because if it's a bomb it'll blow up literally all of my guys and so at the beginning of your turn you're supposed to guess on the plot tokens not a single person in the entire game guessed what any of my plot tokens were they just let me lay them out and just have them and that's also how i score points so by the end i was just scoring seven and eight points a turn Jeez. uh, yeah wrapped it up pretty quick yeah uh which granted it would have been pretty easy to prevent i think um the other two people at the table were just really focused on uh doing their things and just not paying attention you know yeah um, but they were good games. I really do like the new factions a whole lot. I really like the moles. Um, they're just a heck of a lot of fun. They're extremely, they're they're weird because they're really big like the cats. They have lots of guys. They move big armies around, but they're really agile because on your turn at any, you know, every turn you can be like, I'm going to go over here now. Now I'm going to dig a hole here and I'm going to dig a hole here and I'm going to dig a hole here. And you're just all over the map, which is uh, uh, a lot of fun coming from uh, the, the Erie Dynasty and the cats where you kind of struggle to push your way around the board. You know, it's kind of a pain in the ass. Uh, So it's just a a lot of fun to do that. But I I really, uh, I need to play more of it, but I I think I'm really digging the the Underworld expansion quite a bit. I'm excited to to take a look at it and see. Can you play the two factions against each other, or do you need one of the other? Um, You do need one of the other. The the moles and the cats are the two big factions. Uh, So the way they've done it now is they used to have it where they just wrote every combination of factions you could do. Now they do what's called reach value. So you take however many players you have, and it gives you a number, and each faction has a number assigned to it, and the total number of all the factions playing need to equal the number for your player count. And uh, so for like a a three-player game, we needed 18 points, and the moles were like eight, and uh, I think corvids are five, and and so you just add it up till you get the number. And they they did say in the manual, they're like, you can play whatever numbers they call it a reach value you can play whatever combinations you want but if you're playing a bunch of low reach factions then it'll kind of turn into this thing where you're just kind of all in your own separate section of the board doing your own thing and not really having to interact with each other yeah um but yeah uh the first game um one guy did play the vagabond and he just had he had a blast doing that he was like vagabond's great it's so much fun nice Uh, yeah i don't i didn't get to play the vagabond did i (laughs) Have you not ever? No, because I played the Vagabond. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but it was uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I, I still am thoroughly enjoying Root. I'm excited to play more of it. And the more I play it, the more it all kind of clicks. It is a game with just so many rules. There's just so much shit going on all the time. But I think I'm, I'm, I feel pretty comfortable with it now. Um, I don't have to reference the rule book every turn anymore, which is, <laughs> which is nice. Yeah, uh, I have been getting into chess. I've been learning to play better. I guess uh, um, <laughs> I, I bought a chess book for four dollars. Yeah, better at at half price. Yeah, I've played started about a hundred and ten games in the last month. Jesus, and uh, I've I I still lose my my win record is like fifteen. So that's a pretty low number, uh, fifteen <laughs> compared to uh, uh, like ninety. But uh, I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm I'm uh, you know I'm I'm having a good time with it, you know. And it's uh, uh, one of those things where I'm 
I'm I'm becoming acclimated to the strategy of the game. You know, it it yeah. it, it, it takes some time to get used to. Just it really, it's pattern recognition is, is what it is. After you see certain patterns enough times, you you kind of start to recognize them a little bit. And uh, uh, I'm not really doing the whole like memorizing openings thing, but I'm kind of in a state where sometimes I'll see a certain setup on the board and I'll be like, oh, I know this is uh, the such and such thing, or I know that I'm supposed to do this. So some of it's just kind of coming to me through you know repetition. Um, yeah, I mean, you um, you were you did a lot of talking like the last couple times we played. You did mm-hmm. a lot of talking about um, openings and everything like that. Like you keep a pretty yeah. pretty close track on that. Um, openings are kind of uh, uh, obviously it's the first thing you do in the game. So I I right. I have put most of my time. Well, no, in the openings. first thing you do is you look at the board. That's true. First, you buy a chess set. I did <laughs> I, I did buy a chess set. I bought a, a new chess set. I had an old one. And it was just just kind of a rinky-dink, like, $9 from Target, you know, wooden chess set. But yeah. I'm so used to playing on my phone, and I use the coordinates, you know, the the notation or whatever. You wanted, you wanted one with those coordinates on right. it. Right. And, and I was like, well, they're kind of expensive, but I ended up getting one. Uh, it was a, a weighted, the, the pieces are weighted, and the board is like, um, it's like a play mat. It's the same neoprene mouse pad kind of thing. Uh, yeah, and it's got it those coordinates like I wanted. That's what they have, um... Because I've been to a couple, like chess games at a like I went to one at like a Barnes and Noble or Half yeah. Price Book or something like that uh, many years ago, and the the one with the mat with the weighted pieces is what they used like in yeah. my middle school and high school and stuff. Oh yeah, um, it yeah it's very much uh, that it's from like some company that provides. I, I just got off some websites like Chess Wholesale or something. Um, but it was cheap. So I, I picked that up and, uh, I've been enjoying it. I don't normally like, I don't normally enjoy games that are pure strategy, meaning games that, that have no hidden information or variance whatsoever. I've always struggled to enjoy those my whole life. And, uh, so I'm kind of trying to use chess as my foot in the door on, uh, games with, you know, pure strategy games, games where it's like, you have just as much information as I do for the entire game. You know, I mean, do you enjoy anything that you're doing right now? what in chess yeah 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 i'm enjoying it um uh i mean now that i've gotten i i, I don't really want to I, I keep hesitating to use the word good i'm not good at it at all um but now that i've gotten kind of a basic understanding of the basics it it's mm-hmm. it makes it easier to see a lot of things you know and to think about pieces in ways that i didn't before and that's what was screwing me up and i've i've done really good at curbing my habit of just handing people free pieces for no reason <laughs> and my other bad habit of that was my favorite thing my other bad habit of justin why'd you make that move it was a legal move and i needed to make one. Oh, that's a terrible idea <laughs> um so i've i've been trying real hard to get away from just like i don't know what to do i'm just gonna make a move and getting better at i will say i use the lee chess app and uh, it's got a training mode where all it does is give you like different setups and you have to make the best move and so and it i just blares i have the tiger at you <laughs> yeah well i mean i do that anyway and uh <laughs> so that has helped me kind of learn to identify good moves and i think that probably helped me the most but i'll quit talking about chess because it's intensely boring to most humans um <laughs> i did play small world for the first time uh um the really? same day I that i played, played it with me before nope never uh, well no i went over to a friend's house where you and uh that friend and his wife were playing it and y'all did not deal me in and you played the whole game and you made me sit there while I waited to play Catan. 
I don't remember that. Yeah, I do. Because I was because the whole time I was like, this game looks so cool. I want to play it. And y'all were like, yeah, but we already started. So okay. it sucks. <laughs> I don't know where my copy went. I have a copy of Small World somewhere, but I, yeah. it's not at my parents' house. I can't find it here. So I have, I have no idea where it is. It's pretty and fun. I refuse um, to buy a new copy. I had, a, I had a good time with it. Uh, I've also played probably like seven games of Mousetrap in the last two days. Because nice. my daughter wanted to play Mousetrap, so we set it up. And I will say this. They have improved the rules in Mousetrap substantially since... How so? Uh, well, it used to be when we were kids, part of the game was setting up the trap. So you'd play the game forever before the trap even got assembled. Mm-hmm. And in the new Mousetrap, you set up the whole trap beforehand and then repeatedly spring the trap multiple times during a game. Because that's what the fun oh. part is. Nice. Um, so, I mean, as far as like the shoots and ladders level of children's game design, it's cool. It's fun. It's the whole thing. <laughs> it's <laughs> no don't wake daddy. <laughs> I, I, we also have don't wake daddy and that's, uh, that's a blast. We also, my favorite one is this one where it's a barrel and you stick swords into it and eventually a pirate s- jumps, par- pops out of the top. It's called pop up pirate or something. There is a new board game. Uh, I didn't really look too too much into it, but another a kids board game that's like Don't Wake Daddy. Only yeah. it's like a plumber, and you're trying to like complete something before his pants fall down and you see his ass crack. <laughs> that's fucking wrong. That's yep. weird. Uh, but yep. that's it. That's that's about all I've been up to. Well, nice. Uh, well, for a couple of bit of news before we get into the topic here, um, looks like the coronavirus has basically stopped all production of uh, basically anything in, in the entire world. Um, and so anybody that has any Kickstarters out there, anything like that, it's going to, yeah, it's going to hurt you getting any of your your Kickstarter uh products for a little while so i may not be getting uh, i did get a notification that they're hoping that it starts up again soon but that uh alter quest has been postponed for the for the future so i may not get it in june when i'm when i'm wanting it um other than that there is a godzilla board game that was announced not a whole lot of information that i saw on it um but it was in the forums of uh board game geek um, so hopefully we get something soon or a little bit of information about the Godzilla board game. Cause that was, uh, I'd like to see it. I don't think it, it didn't look like it was large enough for like a minis game. Um, though I don't know how that would work. And I kind of just want a board game that's Godzilla, like thrashing <laughs> through a city. Foot tall uh, Godzilla miniatures. That's yeah. the only way. That's the only, <laughs> and it's just like a cardboard city you put together and you just like throw him into it. You know what they um, ought to do? They ought to steal what that one game did and have like um, you could you have like a Play-Doh molds and you could make buildings out of Play-Doh molds and just smash them with your giant Godzilla minis, or just Godzilla hands, or just build a real city and Ooh. then genetically engineer a Godzilla. There you go. Perfect. Uh, and then last, uh, the last thing I I looked that looked somewhat interesting, only not. Uh, so Bill and Ted uh, board game was announced. It looked interesting, pictures. but not. I mean, like I was like, oh man, Bill and Ted, and there's like some minis, and then I was like looking at the game board, and I was like, that doesn't look fun at all. 
<laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I do love that board games are such a mainstream thing now, but it does mean that we are getting a lot of everything's got to have a board game. It's just there's your board game version of Godzilla, it. Godzilla, it Jaws, feels <laughs> Die Hard. It feels very 90s. Back in the 90s, yeah. this is what we had, and usually they weren't good. Although some of them, you know, people say some of them were pretty good. So at least the design has improved. So yeah, what else? Um, do you have any news? No. Yay. Uh, I had something. Nope, it's gone. I don't remember. Okay. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about not a game, but expenses in board gaming. Um, and we kind of just wanted to talk about a- expense number one: board games. Board Spence games number two. That, that's that's not on the list. Board I lost games. it. <laughs> Might as well just throw this throw this episode in the trash. Um, no, we just kind of wanted to talk about uh, board gaming in general has become just an extremely expensive hobby, and it's gotten to the point to where, like, when I was a kid, I just remember, you know, we'd go out and we'd buy Life or Monopoly or something like that, and, you know, it's like 20, 30 bucks, and now you're going out and spending hundreds of dollars on board games. <laughs> well, I think it's this thing where... Um, it's like everything these days. Everything is over accessorized. Yeah. So you can easily fall into these pits of because we all like to get excited and kind of maybe a little bit obsessed about things. And when you do that, you want to think about it all day and do it all day. But when you're like sitting in your cubicle at work or you're commuting in your car in traffic or whatever, you can't be playing a board game. So instead, you're shopping for board games. And maybe yeah. you already have all the board games you want. So maybe you're shopping for sleeves or maybe you're shopping for premium components or inserts or what. And, you know, we just have the ability to constantly be shopping and, and accessorizing these days. And I think it's, yeah. it's it has I've permeated reached, into many hobbies. So. I've reached that problem where I'm just like sitting there and it's like, well, I can't buy any. I don't have the money <laughs> to spend on it right now. <laughs> so yeah. I'm just looking at everything. Yeah. Um, but, you know, obviously board games are expensive now. Um, a lot of games that, that you're looking at are going to be, in, unless it's like a, a lighter game, it's at least going to be 60 bucks. Yeah, um, I think 40 to 60 is kind of the standard range. But at that same time, if you're spending 40 50 $60 on something, um, there is a certain, I consider, kind of a bottom level of like, hey, it's worth spending like 10 bucks protecting a $60 game, you know, right. to me. So I, I think it is important to kind of go over like your different options, your different, I guess you kind of consider them hidden expenses things you don't think about like when you buy a game like dominion literally the whole game is you shuffling and dealing cards those cards are going to get worn out should you consider sleeving it you know yeah. it's one it's one of those things and then if you sleeve it does it fit back in the box oh, how no, long do you think we'll get you know? before we get like a uh, board board game like uh the actual board sleeves <laughs> <laughs> i i let me tell you something okay it's uh, not just going to like a, a Staples or something and laminating it. That is a thing, really... though. People do laminate. There, there are people out there that laminate. They laminate yeah. their board games. They laminate their player mats or all these things. But um, I, I was that guy for a little while where everything had to be pristine and everything had to be protected and everything had to have its own space. And uh, I've kind of relaxed on that a little bit as I realized what was and wasn't necessary. But for someone getting into board gaming, I think it's one of these things that you just kind of don't think about like why well, buy the game and I play the game, right? That's all I got to do. Um, and for most games, most of the time that's true, but every now and then maybe you got a special Kickstarter exclusive or maybe, right. you know, you, you, you know, what, whatever the situation is, maybe it's just a game that you paid like a hundred dollars for. And you're like, no, I want to keep this for forever. I, I want to cherish this game. 
So you might consider, you know, something like some sort of protection for it. I mean, and for I mean, cards is one thing. Sleeves are pretty cheap. Um, I mean, I've come to I've come to most of the for most of my games, I've come to the grips to where nothing is going to uh, keep its value. Like nothing's going to attain its value, and, and, and unless it's like a super rare game. Um, that it was just a Kickstarter only game. Like Batman would probably be the only game that I have. Mm-hmm. And even then, I don't know if I could get the same amount for it, at least not currently. Um, I think card sleeves are, they're, they're kind of my bottom line. Like I, w- I will almost always sleeve my cheap. cards um, because especially lower end card stocks, after some games, after a single playthrough, my cards are chipped along the edges. And oh, it's geez. not its not even so much that I'm that tremendously upset that my $30 game got chipped or whatever, but it turns into a situation where if it's a game that I play three, four, five, six, seven times, which ideally it would be, ideally mm-hmm. I am buying games I play a lot, all of a sudden it becomes a situation where I go, oh, I know that's the such and such card because I can see it's got that big chip on the side. You yeah. know, and it's not that I'm like trying to cheat or gain an edge, but it's this thing where it's like it bothers me. You know, like I don't, I don't like that feeling of like, you you know, um, yeah. I mean, and the sleeves are some of the the really the cheaper accessories that you can get for your game. I will say this: and I think um, they're worth it in the world of sleeves. Um, there are lots and lots and lots of options because trading card games are a thing and people are putting mm-hmm. their $10,000 magic cards in sleeves and it's really important to them. So there is a big market and it can be confusing. Um, the type of sleeves that you see the cheapest are called penny sleeves. And they're called that because they cost roughly a penny each and they are generally uh, oversized. And so what that means is that they're you can put them in your cards in them, but if they're standard sized cards... They're usually really hard to shuffle. They slide out of them really easy. Dirt gets down on the top, and then you get this thing where it's grinding dirt in between the sleeve and your card, and it's just kind of a pain in the butt. Um, for people just looking for relatively inexpensive sleeves that you can buy lots of for you know uh, 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 just a few bucks, I would recommend uh, uh, what they call perfect fit sleeves. And again, yeah, this is on- this is only if you're doing standard sized cards, which the majority of board games use standard sized cards for their main cards it's especially these days and if you if they don't you can go to board game geek find the game and there's usually a, a thread that'll show you what sleeves you need to buy for whatever cards yeah. are in that game um my brand of choice i use kmc brand perfect fits uh and then for cards that i want to have kind of a more of a shuffle feel, some grip or some texture on the back. I use KMC Hypermats, the clear ones, mm-hmm. um, which are, those are both my sleeves of choice. But y- you can get all the way up to the extravagantly expensive sleeves if you want. Yeah. Uh, but just know that not all sleeves are created equal. Uh, not all sleeves make your cards easier to shuffle. Some of them right out of the package are cheap and they're bad and they peel and they make your cards stick together and they're a pain to shuffle. And they're expensive. <laughs> yeah, you know, so... Um, I, I would stick to, you know, known brands like KMC are good. Mayday sleeves. Mayday does, um, they're a board game specific sleeve company and they make all kinds of different sizes because what you're going to quickly learn is that some of your favorite games have weird sized yeah. cards and you can look the card size, card sleeve sizes you need up on board game geek down at the bottom and 
Mayday, Mayday sleeves, I can vouch for them. They're great. They're, they're not amazing, but they do fit the cards well, uh, kind of in the same sort of vein as a, a perfect fit sleeve would fit a standard size I will, card. I will say this for, um, for like Mysterium, they've got the larger cards. Whenever I bought Obscurio, they have circle cards. Oh, goodness. I, op- I opened it up and I was like, I'm never going to be able to sleeve things. And I'll, I'll say um, this, um, you, you know, Unless you're just anal retentive like me, you probably don't need to sleeve everything in your board game. What you need to ask yourself is, is this a card that is getting shuffled into a deck and needs to look like every other card? If For me, if it's a card, if like in Root, we have the communal deck of cards we're all drawing from, I sleeve that in pretty high quality sleeves because I don't want those cards marked in any way. Root's a very highly strategic game and after a couple of plays of it you've kind of got the cards in your head you know something like yeah. inish uh is a game where you're constantly uh handling shuffling and dealing out the same like what is it like 15 cards people yeah. know which card is which after a single round Except so like the red cards those are the only ones that right maybe obviously um so you definitely want to sleeve something like inish for example which uses chimera size sleeves because you just don't want it to be this thing where you're like, well, there's only 10 cards and I know that the Geist has that little chip in the corner and I can see it across the table and Andrew just took it and I'm trying not to be that guy, but I can't help but notice it, you know? <laughs> it, and so, yeah, uh, just think about it because other games it's like, well, the cards don't need to be randomized or they're just there as reminders or whatever. For those, maybe you don't need to. Maybe it's fine, you know? Yeah. And we're going to kind of uh, get into some of the, like, we're going to start with some of the cheaper accessories and then we're yeah. going to kind of get into the more expensive things that you don't actually need, um, which I would say for the most part, card sleeves are, are kind of needed to keep your collection uh, clean. Yeah. I mean, you can get, I think it's like a thousand KMC perfect fits for like 20 bucks, you know, yeah, it's not, and not too, I, not too I, I usually, yeah, I'll like three or four times a year, just buy a big order of a thousand of my preferred sleeve and i will recommend always kind of use the same one or two types of sleeves for whatever because then you'll you know your extras can go to the next board game yeah um next thing i did want to talk about was just organizers and these can be anything from uh, i think you and i both uh, realistically use like plano boxes for any of our components that are for in a board game yeah um, and those are just cheap uh fishing tackle boxes basically yeah, Plano boxes are are fantastic. They're they're uh go go hit up any like if you have it near you like a Cabela's or a sporting goods store. Yeah, Bass Pro it. Shop. Bass or, Pro Shop uh, is great. I've bought a bunch at like Academy. Mm-hmm. And they're usually between like two and five dollars. And uh, if you're if you're not the kind of person that gets easily embarrassed, just take your board game with you to the store. Because they've got fifty million different shapes and sizes, and you can find one yeah. that'll kind of fit in the box with your game which is for me it's a big organizers are a big thing because i take my games places and very few game inserts are made so that they don't smash the components all around the box when you carry them yeah or you can do what i do and just measure your boxes before you go no that's too simple you have to take the game of course you've got other options uh there are the professional like basically wood inserts that are usually like yeah from broken 80 token to 150 and bucks or something like that and they, they've gotten more affordable i think i've seen broken token they? ones for like the 30 to 50 dollar range but they're still i That's would call good. them premium products that usually cost about as much as your game yeah and then if you're really good at organizing you could always just make your own inserts out of cardboard that you have from mm-hmm. like purchases online 
You can also you. find really good plans online and go get a $4 pack of cardstock and print out these cardstock plans for these little slide boxes and card boxes that you can just make with, you know, regular Elmer's glue and, and a pair of scissors, which I've done for stuff like Conan. You know, I've got a mm-hmm. few little cardstock boxes I put in there so that the cards aren't flying everywhere. Yeah, I need to do that for Batman. I just don't have any cardstock <laughs> and I don't have a printer that prints on cardstock. And I will also say that um, if you are sleeving your cards, keep in mind that chances are very high that once your cards are sleeved, they will not fit back in the original insert in the box, the plastic insert. So a lot of times you you get in this domino effect where you're like, all right, man, well, I really want to sleeve the cards in this game because maybe I paid a lot of money for it after market or it's Kickstarter or I just really love it and it's kind of getting beat up and I don't want to have to, you know, $10 worth of sleeves is cheaper than a new copy. Um, and then all of a sudden you're like, all right, I got a sleeve, but my cards don't fit back in the box. So I got to take the insert out. Now I need to put something in there for all the bits and the cards can go in a bag, but then I need a Plano box and you get this weird (laughs) kind of snowball effect. I mean, I have noticed several board games, uh, mainly the, the newest one, Oath, um, by leader games has, does say that the box is large enough and the inserts are large enough for sleeves. So I do think that yeah. some some manufacturers or some board game makers are are trying to take that into account whenever they make the game because they know that we're trying to keep them in good condition. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, for years, if you went on BGG, the thing people would say is inserts are just for packing the game to be sold. Don't even try. Yeah. Don't even... There's a lot of people I've met that are like... I don't even try. I open the box and I throw the insert in the garbage. I don't care if it's got art on it or whatever in the trash. Yeah. Um, because for a long time, you're right, they, they were trash, <laughs> basically. Um, other things that you can get, elastic box, band, box bands. I haven't actually looked into this. I know you use some large rubber bands. I've seen some mm-hmm. people that buy uh, the elastic box bands. They're only they're like 12 bucks. Yeah, they bucks sell these Amazon. kind of X-shaped rubber bands that are meant to hold your board games shut in transit. So at this point yeah. in the snowball journey, we have decided to sleeve our cards because our game is out of print. And then sleeving our cards meant we had to throw out the insert and buy Plano boxes and meticulously Tetris the game into this box. And then now... We've the added, box is we've popping open a little bit. Yeah, we, or we've just—I mean, you—you've added like a pound worth of weight to the game. Now all of a sudden, the box will come open more easily, and you're wanting to throw it in your bag and carry it down to board game day with Andrew. And so they do <laughs> sell these board game rubber bands, which are really nice. But honestly, uh, just go to Walmart and get like a three-dollar pack of uh, uh, headbands, like for hair, like the the real thin ones. They have a little rubber bead on the inside. And mm. that's what I hold my Conan shut with, and nice. it, it works great, you know. So um, there, but there are all, we're try, I guess this episode's also just for alternatives, so you don't have to go out and immediately buy like the biggest thing. Board game can board game collecting can be expensive, but there are cheaper alternatives if you're okay with not having the biggest best. Yeah, um, it's it's all about um, money versus money versus time right if you buy a 70 dollar broken token insert for your copy of gloomhaven then you're going to be able to set that game up in five minutes flat and maybe that's worth it to you maybe it's worth it to your group for you to all pool 10 bucks each or whatever and buy this big ass insert so that your copy of gloomhaven is protected it fits your sleeve cards and you can bust it out and then and, and then break it down on a moment's notice Maybe that's for you, you know. Maybe you're just like me and you go, no, nah, I'm going to stick it in Plano boxes and put a rubber band around the outside because I just need to get it to Waco, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
I guess next we have uh, neoprene mats, which are not necessarily a necessity, but they definitely are super nice to play on. Um, yeah. And depending on what you're playing on, you know, you can get a, if you're just playing like magic and you just want a mat to play your cards on, those are, are pretty cheap. You can find those. Uh, I think I found them as cheap as like 10 bucks. Um, but that's without like any design or anything, or, you know, going into the large section that actually covers your entire kitchen table. And those are 60 to 80 bucks. I've seen people use, um, pieces of felt, all kinds of things. Um, the material that, uh, uh, wetsuits are made out of, which I think might be the same as neoprene. I'm not sure. Um, but honestly, uh, just getting one of those neoprene mats does, it does make a difference because, um, like this, for example, I have, I no longer have my big giant table size neoprene mat anymore. No, I know. I got to get another one. <laughs> I went halvesies on a friend with it because we were buying into a, a different game and I ended halvesies up not playing. on a friend? Yeah, I went halvesies. I cut a friend in half. And uh, he was like, hey, can I buy you out of your half of our investment in this game? And I said, well, sure. You know, and I, I so I let him buy me out of my half of that okay. mat. Um, but I like when I was playing Root this weekend, I have the nice neoprene mat for the board, which is great. But then the cards everyone's playing are just being played onto a bare table. And the yeah. thing is, when people go to pick up a card, people that aren't like hardcore board game players, I'm trying not to sound like an, an elitist jerk, but I'm just I'm just going to. So I'm just going to say it. People that aren't really into board games don't have a lot of regard for components. They don't think like, hey, this yeah. is a Kickstarter exclusive card that this guy literally can't buy if I destroy it. He'll just have to be like, guess we don't have that anymore. And then they'll go to pick it up off the table and they can't get it. So they do that thing where they they just kind of pinch the edge real hard with their finger and bend the whole card in like a U shape to get it off the table. Yep. And then I'm across or... the table having a panic attack. I mean, I've had that. I've had people that are, are playing the game and I haven't like sleeved the cards yet. And it's my first time playing right. and they're sitting over there eating Cheetos or something like that. And I'm just like sweating <laughs> bullets the entire time. Yeah. You don't uh, want to yeah, be I that guy. Yeah. I, I don't want to be like, hey, can you not this? I can't like it took me forever to find this game. Can you please? <laughs> yeah. You're like, it took me six months to find a copy of this and it cost me $120. Please, please put the Cheetos away. And you don't, you know, it's it's sometimes board gaming is this weird precarious um, balancing act between having a social event and enjoying a collectible item, and that's kind of what it's turned into. And sometimes those yeah. two just don't juxtapose very, very well, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I do think that the mats are very much worth it. If you play a lot of board games, just everyone in your group throwing twenty bucks. I got a big six by four mat. I think it was sixty dollars. And we just roll it out on the entire table. It's great. It's machine yeah. washable. It's it's it really is worth it, and it does make a big difference for just being able to pick shit up I, off your I table. And there's there's also uh, there is a place you can go and you can you can make your own or design it or, or have them cut out specific uh, sections. And you know maybe I'll just uh, high res my uh, my logo for the show and I'll just print it out on a giant <laughs> yeah six <laughs> by four play mat. <laughs> It'd only be like, I think I did, I did look at that and it was like $200. Yeah. But in, in the cheap realm, I think even just like going to Joann's or whatever your fabric store equivalent is and getting just like six feet of felt, you know, or that, um, you know, just, just, yes, uh, some kind of material to put down on your table. It makes, it does make a big difference. 
yeah, it, it is it is nice to play on. And uh, I'll so also say get... I'll also say this to totally railroad you from transitioning. How dare you? <laughs> when you have a mat down, for whatever reason, people are more delicate with your components, and I don't know. I think it's just this thing where it kind of quarantines off the board game zone, so people you don't want a fancy mat. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you know, they're like, all right, this guy got out this mat to lay this game on, so I'm guessing, you know what I mean? It, it just kind of... He's wearing white gloves and a mask. <laughs> it also means that people won't normally, like, set their drinks directly on your board game mat, so it just, it yeah. kind of creates this, like, this social buffer zone between your board game and, and right. f- food items, you know? Anyway, I'm sorry, continue. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, now I was going to get into the, like the the higher end, more expensive, completely not really you know needed uh, kind of section of it that's not component based, and that's uh, we're going to start off with just storage. And this is like uh, I think the thing about storage that makes me the most upset is the box throne, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the box throne shelving unit. I would never Which, want to judge anybody that bought. So for people that don't know, the uh, the box throne is a board game specific shelving device for board and games. And this is not me. This is not me belittling anyone or making fun of anyone. It's just that th- that business upsets me. The fact that it's just it's basically all it is is a, is a wire frame that allows you to roll your your board games on, and it's and it's sizable to the kind or to the size of the board games that you have. Right, and uh, it, that and, is like yeah. it's really cool, but it, it it is literally just a wireframe. There's no wood, there's no anything else, and it starts at two hundred fifty dollars for twenty four shelves. Yeah, it, which is it, a ludicrous it, amount of money for what you for, for the material you're getting. The reason people worry about this kind of thing is um, because, again, um, for a lot of listeners, they're probably just like, "Why do you need this for a thirty dollar copy of Catan?" And the answer is, you right. don't. Um, but people that are really into board games and board game collecting, or maybe you, dear listener, in the future, when you've evolved from whatever mass market board game you're in and you've found some kind of niche thing, and then it goes out of print, and then all of a sudden you're like, man, my copy's getting beat up and I can't buy it again, and it's my favorite game. Um, yeah. You get you get into situations where you worry about things like sagging boxes. How many components are stacked on top of my box? How much weight is going down on top of this thing that's basically just pressed cardboard, you know? Yeah. And so I, I, I understand like people with high dollar collections, you know, and certainly if you got the money for it and this is how you want to spend it, go for it. But I do think it, it gets a little uh, unnecessary. To be yeah, honest. I think the, I was looking it up and the, which there's a sale right now for the box throne. So, yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to buy it right but now. Yeah, 24 shelves, $250. I think it goes up to like the, the max one is like, uh, I don't even, I don't know, like, like 150 shelves or something like that. And it's like yeah. $700. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I don't, there's no reason to get it. Um, I personally use, uh, they have a, a Ikea shelves that pr- basically perfectly fit um, most of the board games that I have. Yeah. And, and you've and got the same, 70 bucks. same style of shelves as me. It's the Calax. Yeah. Shelves. And I know you use that, uh, the friend of the show, Chris, who was on the horrified episode, he has a bunch of those and it's a, it's a very much cheaper alternative, um, that works well w- with those board games. I mean, really, you can honestly use any old shelf any, you have in your shelf, home. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they don't, it sounds silly to even be discussing shelving. Um, <laughs> 
I mean, obviously, but, when I mean, you there, get there to, are like... some shelves... Like, I have shelves that don't fit board games. Like, unless I put them sideways or... Right. I, I do some, some other... Like, I, I have to kind of finagle it in there. And uh, it, these are just, like, perfect squares that fit multiple of my board games. And, and that, I guess that's it's nice having that... Um, having that ability to to just right. kind of fit it in there and not have to mess with it. And I will admit, I've had some board games because for a while my board games were stored in a pile, a big pile. I just piled them all, and then when I wanted to play one on the bottom, I would just dig in the pile like a raccoon. And I started realizing that some of my boxes were getting beat up and frayed and tearing and getting box sag, and I was pushing down on components, and they're just getting worn just from existing, you know. Yeah. And for a board game that I feasibly want to keep for a very long time uh that sucks you know Agreed. so i uh, you, you definitely want to put them somewhere and try not to pile them don't pile them piling them's bad um but the upside to doing sleeves and plano boxes is that usually you can put them up on their side and store them more easily places so yeah that's what i do is i slide them in on their side so that way they're not laying on top of each other Right, uh, so that's where we are. That's where we are in our snowball. You sleeved it, so you had yeah. to plano it. So you planoed it, so you had to band it, and then you banded it. So now you got to put it sideways up on its own special shelf. That's where we, that's where we are in this <laughs> snowball's journey down um, a hill. Obviously, there are other shelves that you can that you can purchase or buy that are similar to the IKEA ones. If you don't want to purchase that one, and then of course, if you're super handy and you like making stuff, uh, you can always make your own shelving units. And yep, that that are perfectly sized to however you want them to be sized. I will say this, especially modern board games, do not underestimate how much they weigh. If you buy like one of those cheap $10 bookshelves yes. at Walmart and you put six or seven board games on it, it, it'll it sag and bust. They they really are a lot heavier yeah, than, hefty. Yeah, than, than you would you would expect. Got to get them hefty trash bags. Uh, do we we skip? Do we want to do tables or do we want to? Yeah, I, I was just doing storage first since tables okay. is like the big ticket item. I was saving that for last. <laughs> yeah, this um, is um, the territory. I, I say I've not gotten into it, but when I bought my current dining table, I was like, this is great for board games. It was my number one priority, but I already <laughs> needed a dining table. So it you yeah. know worked out. You didn't get a board game table that you can put the dining table on top of? No. No, I did not. Um, we're going to talk about board game specific tables, which are tables for anyone that doesn't know um, that have a usually the neoprene or felt insert in the bottom specifically for board games. Yeah. Very often um, you see them kind of recessed, almost pool table looking, and they've got cup holders and magnets and all well, sorts of just crazy add-ons. And yeah. Magnets and add-ons that are all expensive. And for the most part, none of the tables that you buy are going to come with chairs, just like normal tables, which as an adult, I was surprised at Mm. for some reason. I was like, this table doesn't come with chairs. (laughs) What am I going to sit on? Yeah. Um, Just folding chairs, I guess, because you'll be broke. (laughs) I I, I don't don't even know that we need to go in extreme detail with these just because this is basically like, if you have a home, you probably have a table already yeah. chances are you've got a table and it works fine it holds board games perfectly um unless maybe, it doesn't and then in that case get a new yeah. table <laughs> maybe you've got a table that is very bad for board games like my my mother had a table for years that was tile Round like like oh, no okay. it, was, it was like floor tiles on top of it 
And Weird. so everything was like uneven and falling all over the place and scratching everything that sounds up. Sounds terrible. It, it really was the worst table. And then it we was... pulled up the tile and the original wood was underneath, so we just refinished it. <laughs> <laughs> it was just the worst table. You know, so maybe you've got a terrible table and it sucks and you hate it. But uh I yeah. mean I would say if if you are in the if you're looking for a table and you have enough money to purchase that table and you're wanting to also play board games. They do make board game tables that have the inserts on top that that close it all off, um, so that way you can use it as a regular dining table. And honestly, some of the board game tables are relatively around the same price as a um, as a regular dining table set that you're looking at. Oh yeah, if you've not bought a dining table like a like a nice actual wood dining table uh board game tables are, are pretty competitively priced to that but i will also say ikea sells a nice dining table that expands that fits lots of board games because i played on one maybe a dozen times and it's oh, cheap mine is. and it's great yeah i think yours might even be the same one that i was playing on previously yeah you know yeah it was uh, not too mine was not too expensive the other option is if you're really wanting to there are lots of youtube videos uh, diagrams online blueprints for it where you can go and build your own uh board game table basically professionally as long as you have the woodworking equipment already right if you don't then you might as well just buy a new table because you kind of (laughs) need all that equipment will be pretty expensive to buy people buy and and make what's called toppers which just sit on top of your regular table you know the same way that you see a lot of i mean i I, we didn't even mention this um depending on the game you want to play you might look at poker table toppers are relatively affordable easy to find Mm. and and yeah oh yeah yeah there are some cheaper ones if you're playing games that could fit on a smaller space like that that's a great it's a great option for sure uh i guess last thing we're going to talk about there is just bags yeah, I did want to mention this one just because, um, again... I didn't even think about it because my this, bag was so cheap. <laughs> yeah, um, my thing is um, I carry my board games to, uh, you know, every month. So I'm always thinking about how am I going to transport this. Uh, I did buy the Inked Gaming uh, tote bag that is four board games. And I'll tell mm-hmm. you, it's a piece of shit. I hate it. And here's <laughs> here's why is because it if you are doing square games, you know, fantasy flight, talisman, square games, dominion, whatever, you'll fit a shitload of them in there. It's it's amazing for those. If you have any rectangular games, throw them in the trash. They're not going in that bag. They're not going to make it. And so I, um, I'm yeah. always fighting that bag. And you bought a $30 cajon bag, which is a, a type of drum, and it yep. fits these huge rectangular bags for half the price of mine. And it has padding. Yep, I can fit both of the both Batman core box sets in it, and another yeah. game if I really want to. Um, and it was it was thirty bucks. The the only complaint I have is it doesn't have any sort of accessory holders or or slots on the outside, so I can't yeah. put like a drink anywhere or put my car keys or wallet or anything. Um, right. But other than that, that is the only com- complaint I have. And I think there's an upgraded version that also has a shoulder strap because mine does not. Mm-hmm. And that one's like 50 bucks. And I think that has a, a pocket on the outside and a shoulder strap for 50 extra dollars or yeah. for 20 extra dollars. Also, um, uh, just regular like grocery tote bags work really I mean, I well know, i know someone that just uses ikea bag like uses a, yep, an the IKEA big blue bag. ikea bag yep yeah so there there are there are definitely cheaper alternatives 
um, to buying big expensive game bags and I would yeah. honestly most of the people that I have talked to that have a big expensive game bag do not like it yeah like me yeah like you but I, a, I, I, I've, I, I met a couple uh, other people that are like no it's not very great but it it, it works I guess and I'm like yeah oh, that sucks. I, I'll say this um, just with all things in this just ask yourself before you buy a bag what am I carrying? You know, what? which board games am I really going to be carrying back and yeah. forth? Because that's that's the answer. Because I bought that bag and then a month later bought Gloomhaven. And guess what? Gloomhaven fits halfway <laughs> if you glue it. It will fit in the bag. But it is literally the only thing you can fit on in the bag. And you have to put it in on its end, on its short end. <laughs> and I was like, nah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not gonna like. At that point, I might as well just staple a piece of rope to the top, like a handle, of the on the game directly, because that's just that's what I'm doing. I'm just yeah. putting a handle on the game. Um, I think I, I do. What I do want to mention also, uh, besides bags, so look up, look up. There are definitely alternatives to buying big, expensive bags. Because I yeah. was gonna fall into the same trap where I was, I was looking at a hundred and twenty dollar, like hundred fifty dollar board game bag. It's fun and you like shopping. Because yeah, and then and then my wife was like, please don't spend that much money on a board game bag. And I was like, what about this thirty dollar drum bag that people review and talk about how great it is for board games? And she was like, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so definitely shop around. Don't get kind of pulled into into as much as fancy as it is. You don't you don't necessarily need it. Right. Um, I did want to talk about a, just a briefly about uh, mini painting. Yeah. Um, painting your mini can be very expensive. We're not going to go into detail because I do kind of want to do a future episode solely on, you know, mini painting and, and yeah. the expenses of that and how to get started and good places to kind of get started with it. Mm -hmm. um, but that is also if you buy big Ameritrash minis board games like we do. Oh, yeah. Um, that is something that you'll probably be drawn into is like, well, I don't want my little gray mini anymore. I want it to be color. Um, yeah. And I, I do think, um, I'll say this about mini painting without going into a whole tangent. What I did was I um, bought from a lot of different paint lines, a lot of different types of colors and brands of colors before I decided what I liked. And I ended mm -hmm. up with this weird mishmash of stuff. Um, and what I wish I did was gone to a friend's house that, paints minis that has a few different because if anybody paints minis they've probably got two or three different brands of paint lying around just because for whatever unless they came into it unless you're you but to be fair you're still pretty early on in the mini painting thing you know you've yeah. not been doing it long and what i did was i just went whole hog into a, a brand that was rated well yeah you use a couple different kinds of paints figure out you know go to like some stores you know I, I know it's hard to get into a comic store and like talk to people about hobbies it's it's it can be intimidating i keep calling comic stores they're game stores these days yeah um but you know find some paints that you like and a system that you like and is affordable and then decide what you want to paint decide on a palette and just buy like the five or six paints you need for that but in the brand that you're going to stick with um because I ended up basically chucking like everything I had and just going whole hog into a different system because it it I'm not saying this definitively, but it sure seems like paint manufacturers intentionally make their paints not play super well with each other some <laughs> of the time. If you're a very yeah. 
rudimentary amateur painter like me where you need things to just kind of work because I'm not very intuitive or great at it. Yeah. Um, but that's just my personal anecdote on mini painting. I, I won't and go we'll, any further. And we'll get it. We can get into more detail. If anyone's interested, I think no, the, the, oh, now the mini paintings uh, discord channel that we have created is probably one of our most used along with the magic, the gathering one. Yeah. Um, so if anyone is interested, if you want to let us know in discord, Hey, can you do an episode where we're, you know, I'm interested in, in getting started or, or at least seeing what you guys have to say about it, uh, then we can definitely do that. Um, I did want to go into kind of like our personal must haves, which we've kind of already talked about. So I'm just going to fire through it. Yeah. Um, mine is the, the Ikea storage unit. I really do like it. Um, obviously card sleeves we kind of win a, I mean, that was kind of most of the show <laughs> the show was almost just a card sleeve show i um, could do a card sleeve show we probably could and we may in the future <laughs> but um definitely need those plano boxes are, are just perfect and cheap and nice to have and nice to use and every time i pull one out with someone that i don't normally play board games with they're always like surprised and like happy to see uh all of the all the components organized well um there's nothing more intimidating to someone than you sitting down like hey let's play this game and then all of a sudden you pull out 75 different little sandwich baggies (laughs) and you're like okay and you just dump it in a pile and you're like okay let's go you know it's let's organize it for me first (laughs) um but yeah and then of course i you know i've always wanted a gaming table i think that's uh i will eventually purchase one many years in the future uh, whenever I have actual disposable income specifically for a gaming table, or maybe the next time I need to buy an actual just table. <laughs> we'll see. I think for me, it, it boils down to, um, and this is a recent development. So I've bought a lot of crap that I don't need. Um, but I think what I've realized is I need to ask myself, what is going to do one of two things, either make the game more fun to play or get the game on the table more often, you mm-hmm. know, because those are the two things I care about with board games. Is it fun? How easy is it for me to get on the table? And yeah. so usually I sleeve most of my games because it makes shuffling easier and faster. You don't get that thing where you have your friend like, I'll shuffle, and then they do the bridge and the cards go flinging across the room or, oh, you know, you me? know. Yeah, I'm talking about you or, or, you know, whatever, (laughs) whatever thing is going on. I do it, too. You know, they make it easier to shuffle. Uh, They they make it faster to set up because I'm I'm shuffling faster and it feels nicer. And I enjoy that. Um, Plano boxes are a must for me because it means I enjoy the game more because I have very little setup time. It gets to the table faster and it packs away easier. Um, Box bands, depending on my larger games, are a necessity because I travel with my games. You know, um, is yeah. I do have a shelving unit, but I, I mean, I have one Calax, like, because I, I would kind of like to put like a dollar amount. Like, if someone was like, and nobody approaches it this way, but if someone was like, I want a whole hog get into board gaming as a hobby, I've got a couple games I bought. This is my thing now. What accessories do I need to buy so that long term I'm not having to worry about this shit? I would say. 20 bucks on a big thousand pack of standard size card sleeves. That'll get you a long way. I would say, you know, uh, $10 on like a big tote bag to carry them. Five Mm. bucks on some hair bands to hold them together. And then maybe, you know, 20 bucks on some various Plano things. And then like 40 bucks on a shelf. So I think for like $100, you could have a pretty good setup of like 
okay, now I'm set. I can buy more board games. I've got sleeves to put them in. I've got Plano boxes for them. I've got a shelf to put them on. I've got a way to carry them on down to my game store to play with my friends. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I think board gaming, like you said, has this reputation of like, okay, the new... You did the new Mega Game King d- Deluxe Tables, $37,000, <laughs> and it magnets to the ceiling with hover chairs. And you're like, oh, yeah, okay, is this on Kickstarter? I gotta have that. Now get him for a dollar pledge. Maybe I'll, you know, decide later. You know, and so that was almost a perfect Patton Oswald uh, nerd voice that he does. <laughs> <laughs> Where he's like, I'm a wizard and I like to go to the, the, the ceiling. Yeah, that was, that was almost basically perfect. Per, like perfect what he does but so i you know i i, I do think but also I, i'll say this um if you're getting into board games and you're buying more than one because some people are just like i fucking love clank and that's the only board game i own and i just want to play clank every time i'd say you're not into board games you're into clank but for people that are like no i'm kind of getting into these and i'm buying some like what do i need to do go slow don't buy specialized products until you know you need them And just buy it along the way because a lot of times buying the premium thing is not much better and it takes two years to get to you from Kickstarter and then you're disappointed anyway. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I I guess where to buy most of these, obviously um, where you can buy most of these is your local game store. Please support your local game store as much as you can um, unless they're just so overly priced that you can't afford it. And then that's fine if you want to go to an online store. Like, but uh, so I mean, you can support our game store in Waco. It's the Game Closet. They're great. Yeah, go you there can and support go to the them. Game Closet. Yeah, do that if you're anywhere near Waco, Texas. Uh, go to the Game Closet. You can also go to Miniature Market. They're also a pretty good source for um, board game things. Do you do you have any other websites that you frequent? Um, no. As far as like board game stuff, uh, it's it's usually Amazon. Uh, cool Stuff yeah. Inc. is a good one. Cool Stuff Inc. Miniature Market are kind of the big. You know, online shops, Amazon's decent. And then honestly, you can get so much good board game supplies at Ikea. If you have an Ikea, you can get a nice shelf there, a big giant tote bag. You can get a table to play on and you can get meatballs. It's just a great trip. I love Ikea. Yeah. Well, if you um, if you have any questions about what we talked about on the show or just kind of want to talk uh, talk to us about, you know, what we personally use kind of in more detail, uh, definitely join our Discord where you can chat with us any time of day that you feel like it and we're able to respond quickly or just, you know, whenever we're able to respond and you're able to respond. Um, definitely check out the Discord link in the description of the show. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Barbarians. We have an Instagram at Board Game Barbarians. And then, of course, the the best thing to do to help us out just as a show is uh, please rate and review us on iTunes. It means a lot. Yeah. And Justin, remember what's best in life. Board games. Board games. Expensive board game tables and shelves. Board games and board game accessories. (laughs) I love the company so much. I love the board games so much. About the company. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Good night.